You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are tuned in to Marcus Sahaba Online and it's a beautiful, beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm your host, Yusuf Ali. And once again, you are listening to Current Affairs. SubhanAllah, beautiful day indeed. Once again, and we're happy to be in your company. Lots happening in South Africa. Lots happening around the world. And what would it be like? What would it be like without a little bit of current affairs, dear listeners of America Sahaba Online. But uh, nonetheless, inshallah, we uh, don't want to find out what it will be like and we want to carry on with our current affairs segment. And <clears throat> inshallah, I think uh, we've got a wonderful pattern happening, dear listeners of America Sahaba Online. As far as our current affairs segment is concerned, Friday, we do a Palestine focus, and uh, thereafter we look at what's happening, what's cutting around the world, and uh, what's cutting uh, environmentally. And you know, we focus this one on the youngsters. You can listen to current affairs as well. We speak to brother. <coughs> Sorry, we speak to brother Faisal Isop. And he gives us a little bit about our environmental news in South Africa. And we get some nasiha from our ulama regarding what is happening in the world around us currently. But right now, it's time for us to speak once again to this fantastic individual, Hafez Ibrahim Musa. Uh, always wonderful hearing his beautiful voice. Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ibrahim, I think this is uh, one of my Juma treats. Uh, you know, you get uh, the night of Juma, you get the day of Juma, you get uh, Juma Salah at the Masjid, you get your Juma lunch, and then you have your Juma interview with Ibrahim Musa. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, always wonderful uh, to be speaking to Ibrahim. And uh, I think what makes it more wonderful is uh, the fact that we learn about we th- we learn about uh, the third uh, most holiest site and uh, that is uh, Masjid Al-Aqsa the, 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 the entire of uh, Aqsa dear listeners of Marka Sahaba Online as we learned last week wonderful lesson indeed last week Ibrahim uh, so far Juma treating you well Juma lunch treating you well as well let me ask you this let me ask you this what's, what's traditional lunch in Juma in Palestine um, I don't get you know, you know probably enough time to um, dig into one myself. Uh, uh, the last I was there was uh, in Ramadan, so we could talk about iftar. Then Ramadan still coming up, but I I know one if we're talking about rice dishes being popular, then uh, the most popular one of the most popular Palestinian traditional uh, rice dishes is uh, makluba, as they call it, the upside down dish. So uh, they, they they make it in a in a pot in such a way that uh, perhaps all your your veggies, the heavy stuff is at the bottom, and then uh, you you have to have like a master stroke on how you flip that pot. So it, it's layered in such a way that when you flip it, whatever you uh, whatever uh, specialities in the rice are all at the top. So they're at the bottom of the pot flip them over and uh, you'd find them at the top. So that's a, it's a popular one uh, for groups, but there's like a, a kind of uh, style and uh, surprise suspense on how you flip that pot. And there's various variations in that uh, macrobatic jar. There's lots of uh, people ways you can see how people flip it. Um, and, and when you're there, uh, not only do people do it in their homes, but uh, they actually do, uh, do it uh, at Masjid Al-Aqsa whenever they, 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 they cook that particular dish. And incidentally, uh, some of the Murabitat, the, the sisters who are in the forefront of Masjid Al-Aqsa, uh, defending Masjid Al-Aqsa, they, 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 that's a way of you know mobilizing people. Uh, once you appeal to people's stomachs, uh, people obviously, uh, you know, they, they build another kind of an attack. Uh, attachment. So they've uh, cooked these meals on the outside and then feed people on the inside and do the flipping of the pot also on the inside. <laughs> Subhanallah, nice idea, nice concept, but uh, 
I doubt it will work if we're going to try to flip our pot with the doll and sinkers because then we're just asking for trouble. <laughs> but, uh, Ibrahim, uh, definitely, I think while we're talking about uh, this, uh, I mean, while we're talking about the pleasantries of Al-Aqsa, many pleasantries of Al-Aqsa, of Palestine, there are some difficulties which uh, our brothers continue to go through. And inshallah, we must continue uh, to speak about it. And uh, this is why we love uh, having you here, uh, Ibrahim. Uh, is that is, is somebody trying to steal your car or are you trying to steal somebody else's car? Uh, I hope not. But uh, let's talk about uh, pressing matters in Al-Aqsa. And uh, recently, uh, you know, we've heard uh, we've heard of this uh, incident of this 80-year-old individual uh, being uh, taken out of his car and uh, tied up. And, you know, it was a very, very, very nasty incident, early hours of the morning as well. And, uh, you know, w- w- when you look at it, we've seen that the settler car ramming incidents against the Palestinians are in, on the increase, but yet the Palestinians are persecuted in this. And the whole uh, background to this uh, use of settlers, uh, those who live in the, uh, particularly in the West Bank, uh, occupied West Bank uh, since 1967, and they've just become all the more reason and all the more barbaric about what they've been doing um, in recent years. Uh, you've got human rights organizations reporting that 2021 was perhaps one of the most uh, or the worst years for these settler, settler attacks. And again, f- f- firstly, uh, you need to make a differentiate, not make a differentiation. So sometimes when you talk about settlers, people would say, um, uh, you know, these people are doing things on their own without the support of the Israeli government. So it's not the army who's doing anything. It's just some uh, crazed individuals on the ground. That's that's incorrect. Firstly, uh, Israel uh, rules over the uh, so-called occupied territories as part of its own. So there would not be any settlers if it wasn't for Israel annexing these particular areas or occupying these particular areas uh, since 1967. And secondly, like you mentioned there, when these attacks happen uh, or when, when a Palestinian is accused of an attack, it would be the Palestinians who would be uh, you know, pers- prosecuted and the Palestinians would be uh, killed or, or shot. Whereas when uh, a settler commits any sort of crimes, the Israeli government would uh, uh, not only not prosecute these settlers, but they would uh, instead uh, provide security for these settlers and sometimes even aid the settlers in these uh, particular attacks. So what happened uh, in in this uh, one of these latest attacks, or the worst of them, uh, was 75-year-old Palestinian man by the name of Suleiman al Hassalin. Uh, Suleiman al Hassalin, if you if you look at him, um, you know, typical typical of perhaps your your you know somebody's grandfather out there, uh, a person short in stature, uh, all the signs of aging on him. Uh, he he walks around with a little stick. Uh, and he participates very actively in the protests against the Israelis, popular protests uh, in the West Bank, where lands are under siege. Uh, you'll see in there these popular protests in the front lines of uh, defiance of the Israelis. He wears, uh, you know, picking of some old people, these oversized garments, uh, you know, so, so a typically old person, very old person, in fact, and what happened uh, about a week ago was the Israelis were uh, came to a particular area called the South Hebron Hills, and they were busy impounding vehicles. And while they were impounding uh, vehicles, they said these vehicles are not registered, these vehicles uh, don't have registration plates. Uh, it, it's just obviously another way of making life difficult for Palestinians. Uh, cut off their water, uh, say that they're unregistered, uh, take any aspect of their lives. So they came with a big tow truck, and while they were there, um, you know, impounding these vehicles, Palestinians started protesting amongst them, Suleiman and Hassalin. Uh, there were some scuffles that broke out, uh, tear gas fired in the air, stun grenades, all the rest. Uh, and Suleiman and Hassalin was standing off the road. 
uh, nowhere on the road, and suddenly this big tow truck uh, drives straight into him, knocks him down, and uh, that wasn't sufficient. They drove the 75 men, uh, old, uh, year old man, over, uh, and it, it's it's obviously only by the will of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that he still survived. But one can imagine uh, a tow truck with all these vehicles loaded loaded onto it. Uh, driving over a man, uh, a frail man of that age. Uh, so there's spinal injuries, there's uh, hip injuries, there's broken bones, uh, every problem that you can imagine that even if uh, he's in ICU at the moment, uh, the latest update, even if he has to, uh, you know, uh, get a second lease of life, uh, he's going to be dealing with uh, most serious issues that are obviously going to uh, incapacitate him. So if effectively what happens is that, uh, you know, a settler does this uh, and it makes it seem like an accident. So he won't be prosecuted. Uh, that, that's even a pipe dream for him to be prosecuted. But a man who was a thorn in the flesh of the Israelis by, you know, constantly going out there, uh, get, getting into the forefront, uh, now they've uh, effectively been able to move him out of the scene. Uh, and and uh, that, this is unfortunately only going to continue uh, because of the impunity that the settlers uh, settlers um, enjoy. Um, in the same week, you had a 25-year-old father of one. His, his daughter was one, uh, one, one and a half years old. Uh, he was thrown over as he was going to work in Ramallah, another incident, uh, a, a woman was was uh, driven over in, in Nablus, fortunately she survived. And uh, another incident as well, where a settler just drove into a whole uh, a whole herd of Palestinian sheep, uh, injuring injuring many of them. So it's it's uh, settlers absolutely elegant that they. Um, the, the usurpers of the land own this land, and uh, they do everything uh, that they can do to make Palestinian life a misery. Uh, and no full word that they won't face the consequences because it is, in actual fact, through such crazed individuals that the Israelis can create facts on the ground and uh, push for the stronger military response against the Palestinians and take more land. So it's only through the settlers doing such crazy things that the Israeli um, military can become more involved and through them being more involved, uh, they will slowly but surely continue the theft of land in the West Bank. Well, definitely, and I think the key word there is impunity. Uh, all of this is done with impunity because it's most of the time, most of the time, uh, we don't see any action taken against the settlers, and uh, we really, the, the, the balance of law and the balance of equality is completely uh, lopsided there, and that's the thing, as far as the settlers, the key word, the settlers as well, not even their land, going and uh, the, expanding to the international support for the Israelis is absolutely sickening uh, as well. Now, Ibrahim, uh, we heard something uh, yesterday uh, which uh, I found I found quite humorous but uh, there is a dark undertone to it because uh, we saw that um, a soldier an uh, Israeli offense force soldier uh, shot two policemen uh, Israeli policemen uh, because they were busy in a drill and he thought that uh, they were Palestinians now on the one hand uh, it's quite ironic that you shoot your own but on the other hand what does it say what does it say about uh, the orders issued to Israeli forces on how to deal with Palestinians and how to deal with uh, things like this uh, it may be a big thing now that the Israelis uh, shot each other but uh, this happens to Palestinians on uh, a daily basis and we've also heard of uh, Israel authorizing a shoot to kill policy against Palestinians throwing stones. So that incident that you speak about is, is uh, a, a literal case of people uh, getting, a, if you'd like, a taste of, of their own medicine, as you'd like. Because uh, if you talk about the shoot-to-kill policy, uh, Israel has now made it you know, in December, perhaps not too many people focused on the story, but they um, made it such that uh, it is now, uh, you know, sometimes they would even have some sort of investigations within the Israeli army for shootings carried out against the Palestinians. We know these, these wouldn't uh, come up with anything or actually prosecute the soldiers involved, but uh, 
understood it would be procedure to carry out investigations. Now they've done away for what's a need for that, where they say that any Palestinian who's suspected of a, thrown, uh, a stone-throwing attack, again, let's uh, ask ourselves who is this, who are these sto- uh, thrown stone uh, incidents targeted at. Uh, it's not necessarily against people who are innocent, it's against settlers uh, who themselves um, are extremely violent and armed. So, you know, it would be perfectly just justified in those situations. But uh, the new laws say that if a Palestinian is suspected of a stone-throwing attack, even if it's not proven that he has the, 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 the stones or the rocks in his hand at that particular moment in time, uh, the Israeli soldiers would be justified to shoot uh, at that Palestinian and would force face, uh, face no legal consequences. So uh, Ramzi Barut, the uh, Palestinian uh, author who, who looked at this, asked the question that Israelis are killing, are killing Palestinians uh, anyway, uh, whether they are throwing stones or not. So what was the need for the Israelis to go down the route of of now making this legal? And he, he put forward three possibilities. The first one saying that Israelis are, as they, they push ahead with annexation of the West Bank, full-scale annexation, uh, they expecting uh, now the West Bank to become once again a hotbed of resistance. So the story in, in this year might possibly move away from the, uh, Gaza, or in addition to what we see in Gaza, we, we can see increased levels of resistance in the West Bank. And with that, uh, the Israelis uh, are going to become all, all the more trigger-happy. Uh, so anticipating an increase, uh, they've now changed their laws. They also don't want uh, to deal with uh, so much pressure on the Israeli legal system. And thirdly, uh, they're also looking at the International Criminal Court, which is investigating, um, you know, war crimes in the West Bank in Gaza. And uh, they would be able to tell the International Criminal Court, even though they're not cooperating directly, that these things are perfectly legal according to our own legal system. Uh, so we don't see any problems uh, with that. So th- 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 this is a change that's happening. Um, and at the same time, we-, we have this incident that occurs in the West Bank, in the Jordan Valley. Again, the first question we ask is, Uh, what were Israeli soldiers doing in the Jordan Valley? This is occupied territory. You're not supposed to be there. So we start off from fundamentals. And secondly, um, the Israelis said that uh, when they shot their own, it wasn't during the actual drill. It was after the, uh, the, the drill when they they saw another uh, breakaway group of soldiers who were um, you know, um, busy in another area, and when they, uh, they, they fo- followed normal procedure, they shot into the air, and thereafter, when they perceived the threat, they shot the actual, uh, you know, one, one of the Israeli soldiers uh, shot their own. And uh, th- this shows uh, the arms of somebody, um, uh, you know, not, not, not uh, you, you know, becoming so used to uh, shooting without proper procedure um, and uh, just considering any Palestinian a threat, uh, that when you, you perceive a threat, even if it's from your own, the same behavior uh, manifests itself. So there's poetic justice, I would say, in what has occurred. And um, one also needs to look at the recent story, again, of the number of Israeli soldiers uh, who have taken their own lives in this past year. Uh, And uh, just uh, a moment of soul-searching for the Israelis on how uh, the occupation has desensitized young people, on how it has uh, led to mental health deterioration amongst young people, uh, and, uh, you know, still at this moment in time, there are young Israelis who've shown the world that they do have the courage. Some, one of them went to the UK seeking asylum because she doesn't want to be part of this army. Another one went to, to jail uh, because she did not uh, want to serve in the army and she served some time. So it's not as if young people don't have a choice to participate in this army, but if they consciously take this choice, I mean, if they even travel from countries like South Africa to, to participate in this most ruthless and immoral army, uh, then, you know, you'd have to face the consequences. Well, 
Well, uh, definitely, Brian. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, you know, I think that's an entire aspect on its own, where some Israeli uh, soldiers uh, growing a conscious, some of them taking their own lives because, obviously, of what they see. And uh, these individuals who are refusing to take up arms against the innocent. I think that's quite a topic which we, we should uh, look into um, uh, more, more elaborately next week, perhaps. I see we quickly, uh, we were slowly running out of time. Ibrahim, now, uh, before we let you go, I've been looking for this book of yours, man, Masjid al-Aqsa, A Journey Through Time. Where can we find this book, Ibi? Alhamdulillah, it's it's available at many many of the uh, bookstores uh, around around South Africa. It's been around for a few months, uh, so it is it is available and uh, uh, on on our uh, website PalestineInfo.org. Uh, you'd be able to see all the uh, the, the, the listings where they, where it's available throughout South Africa. Well, uh, we're definitely going to look at that. Lukolo Maju, our studio controller, is uh, saying we, he, he typed on my screen, we'll wait for the PDF. But we won't do it. We won't do it that way. We won't do it that way. I think uh, what we will do, Ibrahim, I think starting from next week, uh, may, maybe uh, with your permission, you know, uh, walk us through this book because uh, when you look at it, I've seen excerpts of it. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. And inshallah, maybe next week we can start uh, going through uh, chapter by chapter about uh, what's the contents of this book, Ibi, if, if, if that's okay with you? Yes, Yusuf, inshallah. Um, I, I just thought, well, in addition to the news stories, what, what is the scent of, well, sometimes there's news at Masjid Al-Aqsa, sometimes uh, there isn't, uh, you know, so much, uh, although we know that the regular crimes are happening, but let's always scent the Masjid Al-Aqsa, and uh, let's just say the person would come away from the segment almost like an audio book you're coming with um, a, a, a part of the story and uh, you know that, that makes the segment even more meaningful over a period of time you would have gone through if you'd like complete syllabus um, to know the entire story uh, of Masjid Al-Aqsa so inshallah if we, we can manage uh, to chat a bit and go, go step by step through this journey it will be highly fulfilling for all of us inshallah I would absolutely love it Ibrahim I would absolutely love it and you be an honor for us to make an audio documenting of this book, inshallah, here on Current Affairs. But uh, Ibrahim, we're going to have to let you go for now. We say jazakallah khair uh, to you, inshallah, for making time for us. And we'll speak to you next week. You know, for some reason, for some reason, I just have this... Um, Comparison of Ibrahim Musa to Sheikh Raid Salah. I don't know why, <laughs> I have no idea why, but just somehow I continuously draw this comparison between the two. But nonetheless, inshallah, it's time for us to head over to the markets. And straight after that, we're going to be speaking to Faisal Esop in our environmental segment. Applications for the year 2022 are open at Madrasatul Hamd for classes 1 to 3. Our five-year Alima curriculum includes the language of Arabic, Tafsir, Ahadith, Fiqh, Akida, Inheritance, Sira, Tajweed, Urdu, and Contemporary Issues. The medium of teaching is English and Arabic. Our academic year is from January to December. We offer convenient times, individual attention, and we place special emphasis on Tarbiyah. We are situated at number 28 Lark Street, extension 1, Laneja. For more information, contact Molana Muhammad Mullah on 072-821-4096 or 079-037-3217. Baker's DIY, your convenience hardware experience. We stock all kinds of hardware, building materials, power tools and decor. Call at any of our stores situated in Durban North, Briadine, Glenwood, Montclair and Malvern. Try us first, we'll beat any price. Quality and stylish fabrics and curtains that you will not find anywhere else? Then come to our famous sale now on for prices unmatched. Home Hyper City, manufacturers of curtains, fabric, linen and upholstery and supplies to over 500 stores. Public welcome, open 365 days. To serve you on weekdays, 8 to 6 and weekends, 8 to 4. Call Pretoria, 323-7000. Find Home Hyper City, just past the prison and 19 Pretoria Street, Pretoria. Home Hyper City, we beat any price. Breaking news, Caterquip Premium Brands now launched in-store bakeries, butcheries, quick shops, coffee shops, franchises, restaurants. You name the brand and we'll supply it. Call 031-309-5649 and our sales team will come see you.
Sahaba online, fantastic Friday. We are having, and I'm wondering about that uh, meal, that Palestinian meal Ibrahim Musa was talking about. Do you think we'll have the guts to turn a pot over? Hey, not with our aunties, not with our aunties. Imagine you say, uh, let's make this a Palestinian meal, and uh, you turn the pot over. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi roji'un. Imagine what will happen uh, to anybody brave enough to do that. But uh, nonetheless, inshallah, it's time for us to go for the segment, which is uh, pretty important as well. And it is our environmental segment with none other than Brother Faisal Isub. Always, uh, you know, keeping us up to date, keeping us up to, keeping us informed and helping us, helping us keep that conscious about the environment around us. Let's welcome him on the line. Faisal, uh, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to the program. Faisal, I get so happy. I get so happy uh, when it's time for this interview because, uh, you know, we, we're passionate. We're passionate about, about I think, uh, everybody is uh, passionate about the environment and we want to make a difference. We want to do our bit as well. You know, as Muslims, we're supposed to be keeping it clean. And I think, I think to an extent, it means the environment as well. We can't just love how we want, do what we want and expect everything to be okay. Okay, Faisal, let's get straight into it, inshallah. You sent me a very interesting video uh, last week about some dolphins in the water. Dolphins? Did you take this video of dolphins in the ocean? Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Um, alhamdulillah. Yes, we got the opportunity to see these dolphins. It's not the first time I've seen them in Durban. I've seen them before. Um, but I know dolphins, to see dolphins, it's on everybody's bucket list item to see them. So we were in Durban, in Amshloti, in one of, in our flat. Well, we were not in our flat, you we were staying in someone's flat. And we were quite high up. And I just managed to see these things jumping out of the water. And then I got excited and I, I woke a lot of people up. And then I got about Sunday time, about, just after Sunday, about 6 o'clock. Uh, and we saw them moving. So it was a nice sight to see. Alhamdulillah. You don't really expect them to see them in Durban. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've been there. People do see them in Balito, Durban. Even uh, even in even in normal Durban, Central Durban, you, if you look carefully, you might just get to see them and you can be lucky. I know there's a guy, uh, that's Marie Safari, he's a Muslim guy also. Um, he swims with them sometimes. They do this like, uh, they go out and they swim uh, in the ocean, snorkeling, and they get to see them and swim with them sometimes. So, yeah, Alhamdulillah, it's, it's something special to see. It's also because on everybody's bucket list. Uh, Alhamdulillah, we went close, close to them. It's not the first time I've seen a couple of times before. Actually, I've seen about five or six times. I've seen once in Eastern Cape at the Edo. I've seen in Eisner once. Yeah, that is my, that is my fourth time I've seen. We've seen second time in Durban. Uh, I've gotten to see the dolphins. Nice. Um, you know, you, you always think, uh, I wish I could go in some with them because they... Uh, they portrayed as being very playful creatures. I don't know, maybe one day. Yes, oh yeah, my first time was in, when we were in Zanzibar. We were snorkeling, we were swimming with these dolphins, and I didn't have a go, I didn't have a GoPro camera, but we were like snorkeling, and you could see these dolphins swimming under you. That was quite amazing. So that's actually something nice to see. But I'd like to swim with one close by. 
I don't know. I, I I think I I think I'll be a bit too intimidated, Fraser. You know, I was so excited about the segment. I think I even forgot to make salami at the start of the segment. So I apologize for that. But uh, you know, I, the the thing is continuously playing in my mind because personally, I'd be afraid to swim up to a ship or swim up to a boat and touch it if I'm in the ocean. And you, you you're telling me that you have the guts or you 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 will or there's people willing to swim next to big dolphins who can knock you into the water or something. Yeah, these guys go and they they snorkel in the ocean so they swim with sharks they swim with waves I suppose it comes again like a bush animal behaviour same with sharks not every shark is going to bite you and eat you uh, for me it would they would but again I have a lack of knowledge when it comes to the ocean so certain species of sharks are will attack you like the great white we know others are like you can swim with them in the hand and they don't they don't even eat you meat. They would eat like they love of different plants and it is different types of sharks. Like you know, like the hammerhead one is dangerous, great white from wherever we hear from books from Steve television, etc. But um generally again, uh, knowledge. Knowledge is less. Which sharks would be they, like a whale shark, it's big but it, it's plankton. So I think guys swimming when it close. Not that you shouldn't be touching it in it, but because my knowledge is limited at that, but uh, yeah, guys, they go out in the ocean. And if you see, if you think you see the guys in the Valasvanadala in the bush or in the forest, imagine under in the ocean because I've heard guys telling me, I was with this guy in Amshoti, this well, a non-Muslim guy, because when you are snorkeling, and he's telling me, come see under those rocks, and if you think there isn't a creator, uh, you be, you like, you know, there has to be, there's a creator of the sun. Something's created us. If you don't believe in the creator or, or Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, um, there's something wrong with you, like, you know, um, there's colors of fish under the rocks. I didn't get to see exactly where he was. I was on top. I didn't have my snorkeling gear, and I didn't want to go in the waters. Oh, but uh, safe. It wasn't so safe for me to go in. Put it that way. I'm not the best swimmer. But uh, we we do we do get to see some colors. And I have been talking sometimes in some other places we've went. You get to see like remarkable colors, like neon colors, and it's really fascinating what you get to see out there. The abundance of and variety, diversity of fish. It's 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 really a rather experience. And yet you actually get to see the beauty of one of us. Subhanallah, subhanallah. You know what? Uh, it, it it would be nice. It really would be nice. But uh, I noticed you had a bit of a pause there when you spoke about the water. And I think that pause is something to do with the water situation in Kezere. Now we've heard of E. coli, we've heard of, we've heard of pollution and it's it's quite an uneasy and unsettling uh, thought. Uh, Disturbing to cut you off, sorry, so it's, it's very dis- highly disturbing at the moment. Like a few months ago, we heard of the Durban Ocean, the Durban Harbor, with um, sheep floating around, just to be very blunt. The water is brown, and there's uh, human remains floating around uh, in the water, so it's, it's polluted with sewage. As soon as you're floating in there, it's, it's actually quite disgusting. It's, it's actually un, it's chemically unclean. It's not back. And um, basically, this has been a problem with the sewage system and the dumping in the different urban rivers. So the ocean day, a few months ago, we know that we heard, we know that out of swim, there was a chemical wastage um, that occurred. Chemical spill plus the ocean around it. So people were warned. I think that was around October not to go swimming. And uh, okay, well, the chemical, the tide was off, washed the chemicals away, but that pollution problem hasn't been solved. The sewage problem has not been solved. Uh, they kept quiet about it, saying it's okay, and then they've, they've been sending me messages saying that uh, it's fine to swim, it's not fine to swim. My honest opinion, and I think from what I've been doing research, they haven't solved the problem. And a lot of people that went there and got sick, a lot of people that said didn't get sick, but uh, we don't know what we're swimming in at the moment in Durban, unfortunately. It's uh, it's a beautiful place, it's close to Job. A lot of people from Job go there, please they go there because it's close to the Ocean is beautiful. I mean, Durban beaches, central Durban, the gardens, what you might say, of the area. We've got some of the most beautiful beaches around. The water's warm. It's 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 exceptional to swim in there. But um, we were in Amshorty. The water was clear. They said it was fine. Just the one day it got a bit brown mm-hmm. from the river flowing. I spoke to an environmentalist. A sign, like, well, they uh, deal with this type of thing. They said it was brown because of the rain. But... Um, it remains to be seen. A lot of people were getting sick in it. And also on the south coast, they were testing the E. coli level. E. coli levels, they found it to be quite high. Also, so again, you know, it's a beautiful area, but uh, we're not maintaining our area. So Africa is such a beautiful country, but our, our government is failing us on many angles. We just hope it can rectify the situation. Someone needs to step in. Um, and then also, the coastal area of Durban with a shell wanting to dig for gas. 
along with have been uh, protesting against it. So I don't know, is it as human beings or is it just our civilian government? It's just, just as human beings, we just have a lack of concern for the environment. Uh, and you can, you can see it, man. I mean, the story of the ocean like that, and it's been fixed up. That's the thing. No one's taking extra steps to say, guys, let's deal with the matter. Let us go and fix the problem up. How do we really, do we redo the infrastructure? I don't know what it costs, but I mean, I'm sure it has to be done. It's important, man. It's, 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 it's paramount for tourism. I think they didn't want to tell anybody about it in, the, in December because they would have uh, shut down the tourism. And as you know, the tourism industry has struggled. So that's why they kept quiet about it, which is, again, they can open themselves up to potential lawsuits and that. Uh, but you know what? I honestly, you know, in this country, nobody cares. I really feel like crying. I really feel like crying when you talk about it because you're right, Faisal. We have a lot of purity in this country, and we're watching it waste away. We're watching it waste away. We've seen, we've seen, and we've spoken about this before. The Val River. I've been there. It looks disgusting. It looks absolutely disgusting. And to think. Which government, which government can pollute the ocean? South Africans come on. South Africa. Yeah, the Val River has been like now, there's nothing to discuss. The Val River is all dams in South Africa, 107, 105% of them above the level. They've opened up a lot of sluice gates. We're getting more than normal rain due to the Slanina effect. So we're probably going to get, be getting more. So don't, don't, look, whatever is in the wa- ocean water, it gets flown away. It's a vast body of water. It gets blow, uh, it gets washed away. But in the end, those the problems need to be resolved. Uh, the solution needs to be found. Like the violence will go there. I mean, you people fish in there. They go for boat rides. It's, it's a beautiful area mm-hmm. to go experience. Um, in uh, yeah, to experience. I'm mean, close from us, the Valdava, but uh, you know, it really puts you off. You don't really want to go there, <laughs> but it's a beautiful area. It's like the Valdava. It's, it's amazing. It's the whole system, the the ecosystem, uh, the way it works, way it starts, way it ends. If you just must study it, it's it's, it's really interesting. It really is. It really is, Faisal. And uh, like you said, there's a lot of beauty, but uh, maybe, inshallah, we had we had intentions on current affairs to get to the bottom of this equally uh, thing, uh, government saying that uh, by this weekend it should be sorted out. We're actually going to get to the bottom of it on the program, but uh, we'll probably give you some feedback next week, Friday. Faisal, we're not going to keep you too long. Uh, I know I'm not too sure if you still, you can't still be on holiday vibe. You're supposed no, no, to be back at school. Back, back to school, back to everything. Subhanallah. Um, back to reality. So, back to reality. 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 Back you are almost always on a break. So uh, your, work, <laughs> your work has to be hectic. <laughs> we're going to have to leave it at that, inshallah. Uh, and we'll speak to you next week. Jazakallah for making time for us. Jazakallah. Alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Faisal Isub, our environmentalist extraordinaire. And uh, certainly always good to be speaking to him. Imagine the Durban water. It upsets me. I, it, it upsets me to a point where I feel angry about what is happening like you know we have so much in south africa what is happening especially for myself i really don't have any aspirations to travel abroad if it's not for hajj or umrah you know or maybe a trip to al-aqsa but um you know i I haven't yet explored south africa i haven't even been to cape town did you know but uh, nonetheless uh let's not even uh, go there inshallah but uh yes there's lots to explore in south africa but it just feels like it's wasting away no man, no man. Let's go for a break, inshallah. And after that, we're going to be speaking about a different generation. Are you looking for doors? Doors for every purpose. Bring unlimited style to your property. Do you need it for a development? Or revamping your home? Looking for a fresh new door? See our new door selection for 2019-2020. Bring two character to your home or property with a chic make door. Add charm inside or outside. Buy an exterior door that will make your home safe and secure. Beauty from the inside out. 
A quality interior door is essential. Contact us. We have doors for all your requirements. Emic Doors, South Africa's leading door wholesaler. At Emic, we carry the largest range of doors in South Africa in excess of 145 designs. We have steel doors, wooden doors, aluminium doors, MDF doors. The latest European designs are available at the click of a button. Or visit us at where a professional salesperson will assist you no matter how small or large your requirement is. Buy from people who believe in quality and professionalism. If you are not able to visit our showroom, go online and order from www.emecdoors.coza. Choose your required door with a click of a button. We deliver to any town or city in South Africa. Renovating? Redecorating? Then you must visit Capital Deco on 162 Brickfield Road over Port. You'll be surprised at our super low prices. Bathroom, bedroom and dining room. Come see our deco range. Call us on 031-207-4946. SS Wheels, direct importer, wholesaler and retailer of mag wheels and tires. Buy any mag and tire combo and get a market Sahaba decoder free. Situated in Benoni, 64 Lake Avenue. Call us on 011 Double two four double one two or four double one four or 082 300 Applications for the year 2022 are open at Madrasatul Hamd for classes 1 to 3. Our five-year Alima curriculum includes the language of Arabic, Tafsir, Ahadith, Fiqh, Akidah, Inheritance, Sira, Tajweed, Urdu and Contemporary Issues. The medium of teaching is English and Arabic. Our academic year is from January to December. We offer convenient times, individual attention and we place special emphasis on Tarbiya. We are situated at number 28 Lark Street, extension 1 Laneja. For more information, contact Molana Muhammad Mullah on 072-821-4096 or 079-037-3217. Do you want quality and stylish fabrics and curtains that you will not find anywhere else? Then come to our famous sale now on for prices unmatched. Home Hyper City manufacturers of curtains, fabric, linen and upholstery and supplies to over 500 stores. Public welcome. Open 365 days to serve you on weekdays 8 to 6 and weekends 8 to 4. Call Pretoria 323-7000. Find Home Hyper City just past the prison and 19 Pretoria Street, Pretoria. Home Hyper City. We beat any price. Tune in to Merkat Sahaba Online. It's time for us to go for our national nasiha. And we're heading over to Darul Ulum Newcastle, listening to the voice of Mufti Shabri Zafar, talking to us about the generation of the Sahaba. First of all, I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting me this opportunity. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Let me then say, وَغَيْرُ تَقِيٍّ يَأْمُرُ النَّاسَ بِالتُّقَةِ تَبِيبٌ يَدَابِي وَالتَّبِيبُ عَلِيلُ A person who lacks piety, advocates in piety, it is like a doctor who treats the patient, yet himself is sick. After praising Allah the Almighty and sending salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I begin by confessing my weakness because justice will not be done on this title. I pray to the Allah Almighty to accept all my efforts in delivering this message. As I pray to the Allah Almighty to accept all your efforts in listening to this message. My dear respected beloved brothers in Islam, there was a generation of 1400 years ago, a generation which Allah Hakku subhanahu wa ta'ala praises them. A generation which Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned them in the hadith. As sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, خَيْرُ الْقُرُونِ قَرْنِي ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ That this generation is my generation and then the one who follows them and the one who follows them. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, who were these people? They were the likes of Hazrat Abu Bakr, the likes of Hazrat Umar, the likes of Hazrat Uthman, the likes of Hazrat Ali, the likes of Hazrat Muawiyah, just to mention a few amongst the women, the likes of Hazrat Khadija, the likes of Hazrat Aisha, the likes of Hazrat Fatima, the likes of Hazrat Safiya, the likes of Hazrat Tuqayya. 
My respected beloved brothers in Islam, who are these people? They were the beloved Ashab of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were the beloved companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were the people when they came across the verses of Quran, when Allah the Almighty said, قُلْ إِنْ كَانَ آبَاؤُكُمْ وَأَبَنَاؤُكُمْ وَإِخْوَانُكُمْ وَأَزْوَاجُكُمْ وَأَشِيرَتُكُمْ إِلَىٰ آخِرِ الْآيَةِ When they came across the verses of Quran, when Allah the Almighty said, if your forefathers and your fathers, your brothers and your sisters, your children and your wives, your dwellings, your merchandise, your businesses, your tradition, your custom, and your culture. If them and things become more beloved to you than Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa then wait for the punishment of Allah to descend. My brothers in Islam, when they came across these verses of Quran, they understood, they realized that Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa they are the most entitled one to be loved the most. So they loved Allah and His Rasul the most. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, they were the people when they came across the verses of Quran, when Allah the Almighty said, When they came across the verses of Quran, when Allah the Almighty said, Indeed we shall test you with something of fear and hunger, Lots of wealth, lots of life, lots of fruits, crops, and vegetations, glad tidings for the patient ones. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, when they came across these verses of Quran, no matter how hard the conditions were, no matter how critical the situations were, they completely, they completely preserved and maintained patience. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, in spite of the fact that they were persecuted, they were killed, they were tortured, they they were boycotted, they were taken away from their lands, they were chased away from their lands, their fathers were killed in front of them, their mothers were killed in front of them, their children were killed in front of them. In spite of this fact, they understood there is only one way to generate, there is only one way to please Allah, that is to obey the commands of Allah and to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, they were the people when they came across the verses of Quran, when Allah the Almighty said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, in kuntum tuhibboon Allah fattabi'ooni. If you really love Allah, if you truly love Allah, then follow the messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah the Almighty, He will love you, then He will forgive your sins. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, when they came across these verses of Quran, they understood, they followed Muhammad sallallahu alayhi and they took him as their role model. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, the Muslims of 21st century today, who is our role model today? Who is our example today? We have taken everyone as our role model besides the Messenger of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have taken the singers, we have taken the dancers, we have taken the cricketers, we have taken the footballers, we have taken the Hollywoods and Bollywood. Wallahi, my brothers, I am not exaggerating, I am not overstating some of the Muslim brothers today, they have even taken the fornicators and gangsters as their role model. Why? Because of the name and fame that they possess, because of their physical appearance, because of the vehicles that they drive, because of the houses and palaces that they have built. We think these peoples are victorious and successful. How ignorant we are, my brothers. How foolish we are, my brothers. What are we doing, my brothers? Where are we heading towards? Where did we find the audacity city to disregard the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not only disregarding the sunnah, we openly follow the enemies of Islam. We openly follow the enemies of Allah in spite of the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said, Man Whoever resembles a people who is one of them in spite of the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Tomorrow in the plane of resurrection, in 
in the court of Allah, you will be standing with those people who you love. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, let us remember one thing. There is only one way to Jannah. There is only one way to please Allah. That is to obey the commands of Allah and to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidul Mursaleen, Imamul Muttaqeen, Habibu Rabbil Alameen sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The narration comes in Kanzul Ammal. Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu, after the demise of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he noticed that the people, they were faltering in the deen of Allah. They were faltering in the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One day after Fajr Salah, this worried him until he departed from this dunya. This worried him until he departed from this dunya. One day after Fajr Salah, he stood in front of the people. Then he said, Wallahi, laqad ra'aytu ashaba Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fama aral yawma shay'an yushbihuhum. Wallah, by the custom of my Allah, I have seen the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I do not see the likes of them anyway today. Laqad kanu yushbihuna sufran shu'atan ghubara. In the morning, their faces were pale. Their bodies were covered in dust. They entire nights were in prostration and standing before Allah. Then he says, They recited the book of Allah. They would gain comfort in prostration and standing before Allah. When they attained the morning, they would engage in zikr. Their bodies would move like how the trees do when the gentle breeze blows through them. They cried in front of Allah. They cheered in front of Allah. They cried in front of Allah until their clothes became wet. He says, Wallah, by the custom of my Allah, they cried in front of Allah as if they spent the entire night in disobedience, as if they spent the entire night in negligence. My respected beloved brothers in Islam, if this was the concern, if this was the worry, if this was the buka, if this was the tears of those people who were given the glad tidings of Jannah, who had the certificates of Jannah with them, then how much effort do we have to make, my brothers? Then how much jujahada do we have to make, my brothers? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Forgive us so big. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me because justice has not been done to this title. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ameen, ameen, ameen. What passion, what passion. And it's true. It's true. How many of our youngsters idolize these footballers and these cricketers and everything like that? Hit home, huh? Hit home. Well, it's time for us to start wrapping up the program. We say Jazakallah khair to you, the listener of Marcus Haba, for joining in. Inshallah, we'll be seeing you next week, Monday, bright and early at 10 o'clock. From myself, Yusuf Ali and Kolumaju. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.